Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Holden, all of my favorite sports teams are falling apart, so I guess it means I just need, really need to dive into movies right now. <laughs> <laughs> movies and TV shows. Yeah, House of the as- Dragon is keeping me alive right now. I, uh, I'm currently I'm back home in Lincoln, Nebraska, in the midst of our football team falling apart for the millionth time. So uh, I don't even care about Husker football, but yeah, you care less so, than Jimmy McGill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Anyway, we've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our reviews of the fourth episode of house of the dragon uh, the fourth episode of lord of the rings the rings of power and um pearl the prequel to x we got triple prequels going on today oh yeah didn't even think about that. i didn't either until right now (laughs) so buckle up ladies and gentlemen that one movie podcast but first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Now that I think about it, Holden, this is really a prequel to our next episode. Yeah, it is if you think about it. Yeah. When we talk about Don't Worry, Darling, I think that's next week. Yeah. Doesn't Andor come out? Oh, yeah, that too. Golly. Jesus. Holy smokes. What? A- <laughs> we'll see. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. I mean, really, before we dive into the news, we're going to have three shows going on at the same time. Um... We may never have to see a movie again, Olden. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe do we even want to commit to Don't Worry, Darling? I mean, it does look like an interesting, even if, you know, even if, I guess it could be a train wreck, which might be entertaining, but I don't know. We'll talk about it more later. Okay. I think. Sounds good. Let's, Let's dive into the here and now, Holden. Trailers. Yeah. What trailers do we have this week? Uh, so first off, we got a trailer for my most anticipated movie of the year. Um, even though it's technically getting a wide release in 2023, it's coming out at the very end of this year. So I'm counting it as this year. Uh, it's Babylon, the new film uh, but from Damien Chazelle, director of La La Land and Whiplash and First Man. Yes. Um, hit after hit after hit, even though I still have not seen First Man. I know. I still think it's funny that your most anticipated movie is from a director who has another movie you have not yet seen. Yeah, just haven't gotten around to it. Every time I think about it, I'm like, I'm not sure I want to watch the Neil Armstrong movie. But um, Anyway, what did you think of this trailer, Jimmy? Uh, This looks bonkers, Holden. Now, I don't know if Babylon is officially like a term you ever used for L.A., but of course the setting is the 1920s. Films are moving from the the silent era to the talkies, you mm-hmm. know, movies with dialogue, sound, that sort of stuff. Um, this looks insane. I mean, 
like biblically Babylon is like the city of sin and stuff, even though historically that you could make an argument against that. But, uh, you know, I'm guessing that's kind of the meaning behind the title that just like sure. this looks insane. <laughs> yeah. Based on based on the fact that this movie looks like it's a lot of partying, a lot of doing drugs, uh, sex. It's just a lot of a lot of activities like that. It's like taking a peek inside the, the Sutter household on a yeah, Thursday indeed. evening. <laughs> Um, I, you know, they also, maybe they're making a movie called Babylon in the movie. Cause I mean, there are elephants and they mm. are like in the desert. So I, I don't know. Multiple meanings. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks very large scale, insane. Got an ensemble cast, got Toby Maguire, which we saw tiny glimpses of him <laughs> in this, but, um, it's largely starring Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. Yeah. But I think the main character is actually like kind of a no-name actor i don't know like he didn't even have a wikipedia page when i yeah it it, he the guy who seems to be like he might be the main character um yeah i don't know his name it's gosh i had it pulled up but hold on say some more thoughts as i i pull up the movie thing again okay yeah i just it looks like a very epic film um just in terms of production value it looks like it's probably going to be like three hours long but i don't mind that I th- I, if it's done well i think that could be very entertaining great it's gonna have a jazz score again um which we know from his past movies that works out yeah, quite justin well. herwitz yeah justin herwitz so that'll be exciting um yeah i don't know looks awesome i'm very excited to see another fun brad pitt performance this year <laughs> yeah absolutely uh the actor is diego calva and he's playing someone okay. named manny torres and the premise on wikipedia says Young Mexican-American actor Manny Torres pursues a career in 1920s Hollywood, starting as an assistant. So I'm guessing he's at least the point of view character if he's like literally the only person mentioned in the premise. Yeah, in the the synopsis. Um, Yeah, he probably is, which is cool, I think. Um, Probably not. I mean, looks like you have drug addict Margot Robbie and uh, possibly like just uh egomaniac brad pitt or something and yeah it's probably best to have more of a point of view character someone like him i mean it just looks off the rails insane (laughs) i'm on board for it three hours of madness damien chazelle is three for three in my book Mm -hmm. um so i'm obviously going to be looking forward to whatever he makes this is one of my top three most anticipated movies um i think the batman was number one so it's probably number two or number three Maybe number, I think it was number two, because I think I had Mission Impossible 7, which did not come out this year. So it's basically number two at this point. Yeah. So, well, it's my most anticipated for the rest of the year, Holden. Yes. Even above Avatar The Way of Wooter. Indeed. And even above the Avatar re-release. Yeah. In like a week. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to give it a Thomas two thumbs up Brokaw from me. Yeah, same. Very excited for it. Uh, And then the other one is a trailer. It's for... Um, Steven Spielberg's new film, The Fablemans. And apparently this trailer did release like a week ago. So like we could have done it last week, but I didn't know it was even out until like two days ago, the trailer for it. Um, But yeah, this has already had a premiere at Toronto International Film Festival. I think it was that one. Maybe Venice. I don't know. They're all vaguely the same. Um, But yeah, Steven Spielberg's new film, uh, semi-autobiographical. I mean, it's basically his life, but just changed the names, it seems. 
Um, seems to be very heartfelt. Uh, him growing up and his passion for filmmaking and all of that. Um, Jimmy, what did you think of the trailer? Well, I, at first I forgot that it was the Steven Spielberg movie. I'm like, man, this has really big Steven Spielberg vibes to it. <laughs> and then about 10 seconds in, I'm like, oh, I think this is definitely just the Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at the beginning it says Amblin, too. Yeah, and it said Amblin <laughs> Entertainment. And I was like, oh, what's Amblin making? <laughs> so... Uh, then like i put it at least put it together before it said from director steven spielberg yeah <laughs> i'm slow but i'm not that slow so that's good um that so that was uh uh, uh it was just a great trailer i thought i i, th- I really liked it it mm-hmm. has that classic spielberg look to it again much like west side story did um mm-hmm. just the magic you got the just the love of movie making it does seem very close to home Kids riding around on bikes. Yeah, an intensely (laughs) personal film, a glimpse inside of his upbringing and how he he maybe perceives it now as an adult, uh, but also like how it kind of looked at it from then. I think he'll present it as like, here's like, you know, I think he'll show the child perception of it. Like, here's how Mm -hmm. he saw it as a kid, but then also bring that like now as an adult, here's how I kind of reflect on these moments or these attributes of my parents and my you know my sister or whatever so and and even like the anti-semitism that he may have faced and and all that stuff so i'm looking forward to this i thought it was a very good trailer for a movie that kind of was in the back of my mind it it brought it more to the forefront so effective Mm -hmm. trailer i'm gonna give it a bro call yeah um it's coming out in november uh you got paul dano uh looking like he's mm-hmm. he's a jerk very punchable face once again from paul dano um, <laughs> but um yeah i don't know everyone seems to be bringing their a-game to this i think seth rogan is in this i didn't see him in the trailer but i think he, i thought he was like playing a major character in this i actually thought he was playing his dad but i don't know we'll see i don't know either um yeah very excited. I'll give it a brokaw. Very nice, Holden. Now on to the actual news. None of this trailer shenanigans yeah, stuff. Yeah, let's get out of here with the trailer stuff. Uh, first off, Jimmy, um, Sony's Marvel movies have been delayed. Um, the Craven the Hunter movie was supposed to be coming out January of next year, but now it's coming out October 6th, 2023. So over a year from now, we have to wait for the next uh, Sony universe of marvel characters or whatever the their name is <laughs> they have to wait for the next film from that uh and then madam web which was did have that date was delayed from october to february 16th 2024 are you upset about these delays i forgot these were things that were happening so no i don't really care i'm gonna go bergeron holden yeah bergeron from me as well um rogue squadron has been completely removed from the release schedule i saw that and uh (laughs) on one hand i'm sad because Mm -hmm. it you know it's just another thing that's star wars that's just never gonna happen yeah but on the other hand i feel validated because i've been saying for a long time this movie is not going to happen and i not that it's completely not gonna happen but when they remove it completely from the schedule it's not a good Mm -hmm. sign yeah um the uh, so after that being removed uh the next movie on the calendar for star wars is a currently untitled movie uh that's scheduled for december 2025 so <laughs> over three years from now wow that would be the soonest thing and it's an untitled movie yeah who's that from <laughs> we don't know i i think it, it i mean my 
my hunch would be the Taika Waititi one. The one that might not be made to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is it the Ryan Johnson trilogy that's been almost not made for the last five years so yeah i don't know i mean ryan johnson's got a third knives out movie he's got to make first but i don't know he's made a knives out trilogy before that star wars trilogy that was announced before his knives yeah. out movies <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the he's gonna make a an alternate trilogy before he's made the trilogy that he's supposed to make um <laughs> apparently wow uh once again Lucasfilm, I don't know what's happening with your ability to make Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. but uh, good luck with that. I hope you figure <laughs> it out soon. Wish you the best of luck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, hopefully Andor's good, I guess. Yeah. You know, we'll have plenty of Star Wars TV to hold us over, and hopefully it won't be mediocre. Yeah, cross our fingers. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, uh, I'll give this... Yeah, it was to be expected. I mean, I'm sad. I think a Rogue Squadron movie could be cool. I never um, was that excited about it to begin with, though. So I don't, I don't really care. I guess Bergeron, yeah, Bergeron, from me as well. Um, other news: uh, we've got confirmation within the last couple of days that Constantine Two is happening with Keanu Reeves uh, reprising his role from the 2005 uh, DC film, uh, Constantine. Apparently, director Francis Lawrence is going to be returning for it, uh, which is crazy because this man, even though he's not like a well-known director, he's currently tied up with the Hunger Games prequel, uh, the Bioshock movie, and now <laughs> Constantine too. Um, but yeah um what do you think jimmy you got any thoughts on i don't it? have any thoughts because i haven't <laughs> seen the first one holden so have you seen it i have yeah i think um it's i think it, it was kind of negatively or maybe more mixed reviews at the time but it's at, nowadays it's like i think i think the reason why people didn't like it at the time was because it didn't feel like a comic book movie because it was pre-iron man when like they were just trying to be more serious with it and everything but as like a supernatural kind of action film it's kind of fun and keanu reeves is pretty good in it i think like tilda swinton isn't there's like a weird like cast of just people that i didn't know were in it before i started watching it um i'm definitely interested to see where a prequel could go but i think my biggest question though is we've been talking about how like the warner bros people are like we need to have like our dc films all connect and everything so it seems weird that they would green light this movie (laughs) from like 2000 the sequel to this movie from 2005 that is a dc film um that doesn't connect to anything else yeah i don't know i mean they have the batman they have joker too yeah that's true so i don't i don't know uh, Bergeron for me, Holden, just because I haven't seen it, so I don't. I'll give don't it know. a. I'll give it a Broca. I'm definitely very interested. Um, Jimmy, you are you a fan of the Gran Turismo video games? I've never played them. Um, I have not either. Racing but, games. I I played um, Midtown Madness back in the day. Two. Don't on the computer. I don't know what that is. Um, I play Mario Kart, but they're not making a Mario Kart movie. They're making a Gran Turismo movie, Jimmy. Apparently, uh, Orlando Bloom and David Harbour are going to be starring in this video game adaptation. Uh, it's going to be following a skilled teenage player who wins a series of Nissan competitions and becomes a professional race car driver. 
Um, I assume David Harbour is playing this teenager. Um, that would make the most sense to me. Uh, but it's going to be uh, directed by Neil Blomkamp, uh, who's the director of District 9 in Elysium, releasing August of next year already, apparently. So this is happening quickly. I was just thinking the other day, Orlando Bloom has fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> he was like the hotshot actor for like five years, and then he just fell off the face of the earth. He maybe like Katy 10. Perry, and then he's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't need to do anything." He fell down that whirlpool at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean three, and was lost. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so he's in a movie again. That's uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I, it's a it's a racing movie. Like, I, yeah, I, whatever. <laughs> I, I still haven't even seen Ford versus Ferrari, which apparently is a good racing movie by James yeah. Mangold, right? Yeah, that was James Mangold. So I should see that. <laughs> I guess this is just <laughs> reminding me that I should see that other racing movie that apparently is really good. So uh, Bergeron for me, Holden, maybe it's great. Uh, may- It'd be funny if this was like the best video game ad- adaptation. Yeah, right. And it's just, <laughs> just racing. There's no nothing else tying it to that. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like, what is there to adapt <laughs> from a Grand Turismo? Like, I don't know. Maybe there's a deep Grand Turismo lore. I've never played a game, so I guess I can't say. I guess not. I just always thought it was like, here's what the, the newest PlayStation system is capable of. <laughs> here's the coolest car we can render. Yeah, look at these uh, yeah. reflections. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess the question will be is, will it be better than... Um, Need for Speed with Aaron Paul, a movie that I yeah, never saw. I never saw that either. But so. Probably. I think that one was supposed to be pretty bad, but I don't know. Uh, we'll see. In other, in other uh, news, Orlando Bloom's full name is Orlando Jonathan Blanchard Copeland Bloom. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, good for him. What's up I with guess. these people in the UK having long names? Yeah. Shorten them down. That Dumbledore um, guy? His name's too long. It is. Yeah. Yeah. He has like a weird like normal name in the middle of his like all of his names. It's like Brian. Howard or something. I don't remember. Oh, Brian. That's Brian. what it is. Okay. Anyway, uh, Bergeron for Gran Turismo. Um, other news. Uh, apparently, we're getting a new Stephen King movie adaptation, but this one is unique because it's an adaptation of a book that was released two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're on it. Um They've they've already gone and sold the rights. Um, Paul Greengrass is going to be adapting uh, Fairy Tale is the name of the book. Uh, Stephen King's new novel just re- just released on September sixth. Apparently, follows an epic fantasy story of a seventeen year old boy who inherits the keys to a world where good and evil are fighting against each other. Um, that's just a short. There is a longer synopsis I found, but it was too long to read. Um, apparently, it includes uh, more fantasy and action elements than much of King's other work. And a quirk I didn't realize about Stephen King, he sells the rights to his books for literally a dollar. Like he'll he'll sell it to whoever like whoever wants to adapt it. If he finds the right person he thinks to adapt it, he'll just sell it to them for a dollar. Okay. So <laughs> I mean he does have like a million books, so Yeah. And he uh I, I mean I'm sure he gets like proceeds from like the movies and stuff, but yeah, apparently he's he just sells it for a dollar. So if you want to make a Stephen King movie and you got a good pitch, hit him up. Man, 
how old is Stephen King? I'm looking that up. Stephen King age. 70s. He is 74. If I was Stephen King, I would not be doing anything anymore. That man is still (laughs) writing. Holy smokes, that blows my mind. And apparently Fairy Tale has gotten some pretty positive reviews, too, from the the book. So, I mean, he still makes good books. Good for him. Yeah, holy smokes. Um, Well, we'll see. I mean, didn't he write, what was it, like the Dark Tower or whatever? Yes. Yeah, which that's that's pretty fantasy western kind of thing. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, he also wrote The Shawshank Redemption and all that. So, he's written all sorts of stuff. I mean, he's obviously most mostly well known for horror. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'll go Bergeron. I'll give it a Brokaw. Sounds interesting. Um Jimmy, are you a fan of the Karate Kid films? I've seen the Gosh, have I seen the first one? I think I have. I saw the the newer one with what? Oh, Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith, <laughs> yeah. And was it Jackie Chan? I think so. Um, I did see that one back in the day. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, anyway, apparently we're getting a new Karate Kid film coming June 2024. Uh, no details have been revealed about it, but for some reason it appears to not be connected to Cobra Kai, which seems weird because Cobra Kai is really big right now. Yeah, but what the heck? I don't know. Um, I don't have any... Th- I've never seen Karate Kid, so I don't really have any thoughts. I don't either. I'm going to go Bergeron. Bergeron for me as well. Um, the final piece of movie news I have uh, ties into our review for this week, um, and that is that there is a third X film... Uh, has been confirmed uh, from A24. It's going to be titled Maxine uh, with three X's for mm. in the X in the name because it's the third X film. It's really deep. And it will probably uh, have pornographic elements in it. Yes, probably. Um, and it's set in 1980s Los Angeles following the first film's protagonist, Maxine, continuing her journey toward fame. Very nice. Um, I'm it. looking forward to it. We'll talk yeah. about Pearl here today, so wait for our uh, thoughts on that, but I'll give it a Brokaw. I will also give it a Brokaw. Interesting. Very good. Um, I think that is it. I guess there was a couple... There's a PlayStation State of Play thing. There was a Nintendo Direct, and yeah, I don't know. Things that were shown at the PlayStation 1. There was the God of War trailer that neither of us watched. Because apparently it has a lot of the story in it, and I'd rather just not know it. Yeah. Um, but apparently it looks good, so yes. exciting. Um, they're remaking the Yakuza spinoff that's set in Samurai Times, which sounds fun. That sounds I'm interested cool. in that. Yeah. Um, God, what else did they show at that? I don't even remember. <laughs> well, didn't they show some... I didn't, I didn't really watch anything from it, but I think there was like stuff about the Resident Evil 4 remake... Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because they confirmed that it's being released both for PS4 and PS5. I don't think they really showed much. But not Xbox One. (laughs) Yeah. Xbox (laughs) Series S and X, but not Xbox One, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Bummer for people who have that console, I guess. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, and then they're, like, porting Resident Evil 8 to, like, everything. There was, like, a bunch of stuff about that, and there's the VR mod for that and the DLC for that, which is coming out end of next month. So, yeah. Um, Exciting stuff. 
yeah, Nintendo Direct, they announced the release date for the new Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel coming out in May of next year, but I still have not played that, so I'll probably play it before then at some point. Um, yeah, I think that's that's, that's it. That's news for the week. Great, Holden. Let's dive yeah. into, what, House of the Dragon first? Yeah, sure. All right, let's get ready for some Hot D. Spoiler. Hot D. Hot D. Spoiler discussion of episode four dive it in hop on your dragon that's actually uh uh oh gosh wyvern and uh oh okay did we talk about that yet no okay well we'll have to talk about it (laughs) and let's get into our spoiler discussion right now holden Okay. Um, so, so first off, Holden, I got to explain something that I learned a couple weeks ago. Not, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you very loudly. Okay. <laughs> uh, but this is very important. <laughs> I found out that uh, the dragons, at least in the, t- the shows of Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon, are actually wyverns. Um, W-Y-V-E-R-N-S. Yeah, I, I know what a wyvern is. Yeah, because they have two legs and the, their little claws and their wings. And dragons have four legs straight up. Oh, I, had, I honestly hadn't even thought about that. So it should be House yeah. of the Wyverns. Yeah. Hot <laughs> w, Hot W. Hot Dub. Hot W. Hot Tub. Yeah. Hot Tub. Hot Dub. Anyway. Um, yeah, this is the forced... Forced... Um, the fourth episode of House of the Dragon, season one. Um, I don't know what the title is. It's probably the something. The King of the Narrow Sea. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, full spoilers. Um, what do you? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? It's first? steamy, Holden. This is the steamiest it's been all series long. Yeah, so far. what I what I predicted from the beginning uh, did come to pass. Um, that Damon and Rhaenyra have have something. They got some <laughs> chemistry. Little, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I I was predicting that from the first episode because e- they even show it in the flashback, like the way he puts the necklace on her neck in the first episode. I was like, that's that's a little. She's sixteen, bro. Settle down. Yeah, <laughs> um, she's like twenty two now. I guess so. Okay. I guess it's less weird. Um, no, it's it's still pretty weird. <laughs> I mean, how much of an age gap is there between Viserys and Damon? Is what I want to know. Yeah, it's hard to tell because I don't really know the ages of any of the characters. Honestly, I I feel like they're all either older or younger than they look. Yeah, I mean, they have been doing a lot of time jumps too, mm-hmm. but. So, I mean, we could just talk about, like, obviously going back to the episode with the hunt, which I believe is the third episode. Um, you have Viserys is trying to marry off Rhaenyra, and um, Rhaenyra kind of wants to just... It seems to be pushing off or waiting for the right person or whatever. It's just not ready for that part of her life yet. Um, doesn't seem too um, interested in getting married. So we start off at... I think the castle is like Storm's End. I think it's like the House Baratheon castle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of a, an interesting scene. You have all the suitors lined up. You have that great... I mean, one is like this really old guy. And the next one is this tiny boy who's just like, <laughs> you should marry... He's like all nervous and stuff, but he's like holding it together. And I just think it... I get a kick out of like 
all these kids in in the you know westeros who have to like act like adults yeah and just <laughs> just just incredible to me that you know like in medieval times i'm sure that is what happened to an extent mm-hmm. um and then you have that whole confrontation where the kid just kills a guy yeah i liked that that's <laughs> pretty funny um which was which was a, a scene of levity, uh, you know, dark comedy there. Um, but it just kind of compounds that Rainier is like, I'm just not having this right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how many suitors there are in the world. She just doesn't. None of them are igniting a fire in her. Um, yeah. In the dragon. Um, so then she's heading back, and all of a sudden, the dragon flies over. Really long neck, really long tail. You know, that's Caraxes or whatever. Gotta belong to Damon. Oh boy. Damon's back and you're gonna be in trouble oh Damon's back all right you know comes to King's Landing uh, after his victory and Rhaenyra's like oh Damon's back huh and uh you know very scandalously going out for a night on the town what'd you think of that whole sequence holding the night on the town uh, it was interesting. Um, it was another case of like a lot. A lot of it was very dark. It wasn't as bad as uh, some like I've talked about, like Obi Wan or whatever. But um, it, yeah, it was an interesting sequence. I think um, it was cool seeing Rhaenyra, you know, kind of interacting with more common folk and not really knowing how to do that, and then seeing the little play that was being put on by the people and. Yeah, I thought it was a good just kind of perspective changer for Rhaenyra. Yeah, I, you could tell that she just is craving like adventure or, or something. Um, just getting outside of the, the Red Keep and mm. her father and just kind of Alicent, her friend is there, but they're not really friends anymore and all that stuff. And, I mean, you also have the scene with Damon. Before we jump full on into the steamy stuff, you have them in sure. the, the um, oh, gosh, the Godswood uh, garden or whatever they call it, where they're talking in the old Valyrian. It's like she feels at home with him, and she mm-hmm. just connects to him. And she just, I feel like she hasn't had that connection really with anybody, save maybe Sir Kristen Cole a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but with Damon, she just like it's like they just understand each other. Like they yeah. get it, and they can relate to each other. It's like Raylo, but not nearly as <laughs> forced, I think. Um, but argue not. It's probably more creepy, but also Raylo is pretty creepy too. Yeah, um, I didn't think of the comparing them, but I do get similar vibes from them. But I think I didn't like. I cringed for a completely different reason when, when things started to get steamy between Damon and Rhaenyra than I did yeah. between Kylo Ren and Rey, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we have this this stuff where things are starting to get a little hotter and heavier. Um, what I mean, what do you think of at least how they captured that sequence and how you interpreted it, Holden? For the, the steamy sequence? Yes. Um... I mean, yeah, I, I liked the the juxtaposition between the um, them and then uh, you have Alicent and Viserys. Yes, that was uh, just gross. The, the the whole the whole sequence was incredibly uncomfortable because like, 
I've, I've been watching this with my roommate since they're also very much into Game of Thrones and everything. And we were both like the whole time we were just like we were like groaning the whole time, just incredibly uncomfortable. And um, yeah, it's it was I think I mean, I think they got the point across. They wanted it to be uncomfortable. They wanted to make it that way. And both are uncomfortable for different reasons. Um, so just there's a whole few minute chunk in this episode that's hard to watch yeah and i I, like i like you said i think that's a great uh contrast between their situations and how you know allison is the queen but this is you know her sexual situation and renewers is completely different and you know like and that that i think is a wedge in between them right now too i mean you do have allison kind of standing up for rhaenyra later on the episode where she's mm-hmm. like you know asks her like is it true and defends her which is obviously gonna come back and <laughs> bite them both in the butt at some point yeah and it, it's just um i also just thought it was interesting how they filmed the the scene in the brothel it was very like i don't know like it was more like disorienting which i think is kind of what is the characters are going through too it's like you're not thinking 100 percent clearly at the mm-hmm. moment and things are yeah. kind of getting out of hand and stuff is building up and and then damon stops and 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 smacks the wall and i'm at this point i'm not sure why he stops i don't know if it's like uh this is actually wrong what i'm doing and i care for rhaenyra but this is not the right thing to do or like i've heard other people suggest that it's like a performance issue like he just that's what that's what i was seeing a lot of um so that's i don't i don't know if that's like subtly confirmed at some point in the episode but that's kind of my running theory right now um but uh, yeah i i think it's interesting um and i'm sure it'll it'll be more fledged out later and i guess like in the books um this is a scene they like created i guess because in the books like i guess um damon comes back and he and viserys have a falling out but nobody really knows why and what happened so i guess this is like that and i i think another interesting thing to bring up again is that this is still like a prologue to the actual (laughs) the actual like story like we haven't even hit like the big stuff yet and which is going to come i think once we switch the cast and have the full 10 year time jump or whatever it is but i just have to remind myself that like man it does seem like we're jumping ahead a lot of times but like this is still just the prologue this is the beginning just setting up little pieces to the actual main story um, well it's just it's weird because i think I think it's going to be difficult for a lot of people since uh, the, these first five episodes are going to be with a different cast for at least some of the characters. Um, and so you've had like five weeks that you spent with these characters with one actress and stuff. And, and now you're going to be like permanently switching to <laughs> older actors. Um, yeah. I think it'll be I think it'll be a bit of a hurdle to try to successfully do well yeah i mean especially like uh i think it's emma darcy i believe is playing rhaenyra and you know like you know people are really enjoying millie alcock and -hmm. her performance i know that i guess hbo is kind of playing with the idea of bringing them back in future seasons for flashbacks and stuff i mean i would also compare it to like the crown 
which I haven't, Emily and I never got to the point where they switched the cast, but they had like multiple seasons where, you know, it's one actress, Claire Foy, before they, they, they switch. So, you know, I, it has been done. It's not completely unprecedented, but, um, and a lot of the actors are going to stay the same, but you know, like Rhaenyra is going to change. Alicent is changing. I'm, I'm guessing some of the other characters are changing as well. Yeah, I'm guessing Kristen Cole probably is, but I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see who changes, or maybe they'll just give some of them beards or <laughs> change their hair or something, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, man, Viserys is not, not looking great. I don't know <laughs> how much longer he's going to last. I've really enjoyed him as a character, though, because... He is like I feel for him sometimes, but also like you just not making good decisions either, um, which brings which kind of segues into a a big part at the end of this episode is mm-hmm. um, the hand of the king Otto Hightower getting demoted because he, he his spies you know find uh, Rhaenyra doing this uh, with Damon or it seems like they're doing this thing and he gets that reported to him and he approaches the king with that information and Rhaenyra makes the deal that, hey, I'll marry Lanar Valerian if you demote Otto Hightower. And mm-hmm. she convinces him that that's the right thing to do. And I, I do like how he's like, thanks Otto still. It's not like a, it's like, hey, you've done a great job, but you're no longer the person for the job because you there's, there's conflicts of interest here. Yeah. Um, which I don't think Viserys would have ever done on his own, of his own fruition. Like, I don't think he just goes out and does that without Rhaenyra pushing him to do that. But then again, sure. you know, like, how is that going to affect her relationship with Alicent? How is that going to set things up in the future? Is like, Otto is going to want, <laughs> he's not going to want to just let go of that power and mm-hmm. let go of that prestige. And so... Uh, he'll be doing everything he can to get uh, Aegon to become the heir. So I'm just, it's an interesting little move that has shifted the chess pieces around in a surprising way. And how is that going to impact the rest of the game? I'm I'm looking forward to well, seeing it. And it happened a lot sooner than I was expecting. Cause I mean, we've talked about in pretty much every week now, how Otto has been this kind of behind the scenes, little finger type almost. And, this soon into the show he's already gotten called out on it <laughs> like yeah and be- I, that, I was surprised too i just didn't i i was kind of expecting them to set it up where he you know betrays viserys in some way at the end or mm-hmm. has this big twist or turn or something um but he doesn't and maybe he is like wants to serve the realm but also wants what be- wants best for his family and he kind of balances mm-hmm. those two things so we'll, we'll see what happens we will see um like forgetting damon's not his wife but his like it's like Masaria or something I, I can't remember her name um his girlfriend who he would rather be his wife um people are so people connected the dots that like maybe Damon planned this whole thing and that like the kid who spies them doing the thing is also like a kid who comes to Masaria and stuff. And it, I think there's just more going on there than we know about. 
We also di- we didn't mention that Damon tries to marry Rhaenyra. Yeah, that's another interesting twist too. And I like how Viserys is like absolutely not. Yeah. Um get out of here again. It's been 2 days. I'm already <laughs> kicking you out again. Um Yeah, I I just I thought it was a interesting episode. I thought it was a little long. I was like I think we could have done all this in a shorter period of time. Also, we haven't mentioned that Rhaenyra and Kristen Cole hook up. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a big scene. I mean, Sir Kristen goes against his oath, and like I'm pretty sure that's punishable by death. So, Oof. if that ever comes back up in the future, you know, maybe Alicent or Otto uses that as you know, like I know this happened, and if you care about Kristen, then I can keep this a secret if you do this thing for me. You know, you know, potential mm-hmm. valuable information or a valuable secret that if it's spilled uh, could be used against Rhaenyra or, or Sir Kristen. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm guessing that uh, I'm thinking that, I mean, I, I have not read the book, but I'm thinking that Rhaenyra and Lenar will get married since she said she was going to do it, but who knows. Yeah, that would be my guess. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, this next episode <laughs> next week is a, a wedding, which are, those are always okay. interesting in Game of Thrones. So I'm looking forward to that later tonight as of recording this. So exciting stuff. Holden, anything else you want to say about this episode? Uh, no, I don't think so. What were your kind of overall impressions of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this was just a solid episode so far. Um, very uncomfortable to watch at points. I agree it was probably a little bit too long. Um, but, yeah, just more good House of the Dragon stuff. Not a, not a ton more to say about it. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, let's go. I'm, I'm ready for things to really click and go into <laughs> gear. Um, but before that happens, Holden, we got to talk about the Rings of Power. We sure do. All right, episode four of Trop coming at you right now yes all right uh lord of the rings the rings of power the amazon series fourth episode spoiler discussion jimmy um what'd you think of this episode um i thought it was Here's my, like, whole thing with the show is, like, there are so many characters happening and doing stuff. And that (laughs) happens in, like, season one of Game of Thrones, too. But I feel like, I don't know. I I just, like, if it's, like, in season one of Game of Thrones, they're all, like, they're, like, tied to families or something. So, like, I at least have Mm. that. Whereas this is just, like, completely different pockets. And I just, I don't know. I, it. It's one thing I think that this season having like once the whole show comes out and you actually like know who the characters are and actually can remember their names for more than three minutes, then maybe I'll have more appreciation for this stuff happening right now. But it's like I just don't care a lot about a lot of these people, I guess. I I don't know <laughs> if that's where you're coming from as well. Yeah, um, I just cannot give a crap about anything that is happening honestly um 
I don't, I mean, this episode was probably, in my opinion, marginally better than some other things, and maybe that's just because they have more focus on storylines that I enjoy slightly more, but even still, I, there is not anything engaging happening in this show. And every, I like, as you said, I cannot remember a single character's name in this show aside from Galadriel and Elrond. <laughs> like, I, I know a few of them, but, like, they keep, like, adding to it, and they're, it's hard, it's just because it's not like, they're like, Eleutherior, or Isilurdirada. <laughs> it's like, I don't, what did you even say? Like, if I didn't even have captions on, I would have no yeah. idea what was even said. It's like, and, so it's just like, I don't. It just makes it hard to connect to these people when there's like 30 main characters or whatever is happening. And I don't know, at least this one, it felt more like a, a contained story. It's like it starts, this queen has this vision that the whole city is going to be destroyed. I'm like, holy crap, the whole thing I, was just destroyed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I laughed really hard at the beginning of this. It just seemed to like come out of nowhere and the water just hit. I was like, that's that was like the most entertaining part for me. Um, it almost seemed to have like comedic timing, in my opinion. I was like, <laughs> Jesus! Not everybody is as sadistic as you, Holden. <laughs> um, and then it ends where like that, you know, that leaves start blowing again. And she makes the decision that, oh no, having Galadriel leave is a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Part of me is like, Galadriel, why did you just come to this place and just expect them to fight for you? Especially when they stated that they all hate elves. I think that's I think that's one of my big problems with her character is she's like I get if she's supposed to be cocky, but she's also like hundreds of years old like or at this point already. Like she should like understand how people work a little bit better than she seems to. And sure, maybe she hasn't spent a, a ton of time on her own in, like, a, a city run by men or anything. But still, like, I'm, I'm sure even, like, <laughs> like elves, I mean, I guess elves probably all help each other or whatever. But it, I don't know. It just seems weird to me that she's coming in expecting all of these things to happen for, like, no reason. And no reason that the men have, at least in their minds, to help out. Like they're they're not given sufficient reason. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, you got the the other another storyline that was happening. So a couple of the storylines. So you have that one. Then you have Elrond Durin. I remember <laughs> their names. I their chemistry is great. Durin yeah. and his wife and Elrond. That dynamics all really good. I I think that's probably the the best writing of the show. Yeah, for me yeah, personally, I, I I think that's really entertaining. I don't like I okay he lied to Elrond cuz he doesn't want them to find the substance. I thought that storyline was kind of clunky. Um because at first they established that storyline in the show where Elrond is with Celebrimbor and they're building the tower and he's like, "Oh wow, dwarves and elves working together again." And I kind of just assumed Durin was a part of that, but then he's like not and I so I was like, "What is happening there?" Um and why does like he's like Durin's avoiding me like does he need Durin anymore I don't know so I yeah that was just kind of I just felt like that was very awkwardly it's it's also it's confusing how much time has passed since like 
we last saw them two episodes ago. Um, Cause they, I mean, yeah, they, he got Duran to kind of agree to help out with this project, but like now all of a sudden the project is already well underway. Yeah. That, like, that, that, it's a pretty big tower. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, I, it's, it's just weird. I don't know how much time has passed in between then and now. And it seems weird that there would be any sort of time jump anyway. Cause like the rest of the storylines haven't had a time jump of anything. No. So I, yeah. And then the other storyline here was the, the, the elf guy with the, the pretty eyes. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I don't remember his name. That's for sure. Um, the yeah, the elf archer guy. Um, the most boring character ever put in anything. I swear. Like I do not care at all about this guy he's this his storyline is honestly probably the worst part of the show for me he has not really had a personality yet other than no. i'm just a, a seemingly good person who doesn't really say anything stuck in this bad situation mm-hmm. um which you know time like i said like let them flesh out the characters and then maybe i'll have more of an appreciation that on the for this when it's all said and done um at least they're like setting up an encounter with the orcs in the next episode. Like, it seems like things are going to come to a head there. Like, the orcs are going to come with this. There, there is one thing set up in this episode, and which is more than can be said about like most of the other episodes of this show. Um, I also just am like, okay, the the people of Numenor will all we're all racist to elves. And now they're mm-hmm. just like, you know what? Our, the queen changed her mind, so I'm just instantaneously not going to be racist anymore. And I'm also going to fight for this elf. <laughs> like, everybody. I get, like, yeah. Isildur, because he blew it. <laughs> and he wants to go to, the you know, Middle Earth anyways. Or whatever, the, the West, or whatever they called it. Um, So I get him wanting to go that just kind of makes sense he can redeem himself and he can go where he wants to go or relatively you know at least off the island um yeah is that adar guy sauron do you think he is no i think he's just a painfully generic villain (laughs) i don't know i i who is i mean they seem to imply that that the wizard guy could be sauron yeah i I don't think he is yeah, it would seem weird if he was because, like, Sauron is just always, at least from what I can tell, always shown to just be this embodiment of pure evil and just an evil antagonistic force with really no redeeming qualities. And it would be weird for this old guy who, yeah, he is, like, dangerous because he's unstable, but he seems to be, like, kind of friendly once you get to know him. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that would be um, kind of odd. But I don't know. I uh, I don't know. I, like... Uh, is the kid Sauron? <laughs> like, or, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is he like some sort of manifestation of it or that? Who knows? Um, who knows how it's going to work? But uh, I don't know. I mean, that could be. I, I mean, that's somewhat of a thread I'm interested in is like, is this guy actually Sauron or, is, or not? Looks like he kind of could be him. But again, like you said, like Sauron is just like pure evil and, Mm-hmm. To me, that's not 
that compelling. It's like that's why I just never was that interested in the White Walkers in Game of Thrones. It's like they're either sure. pure evil or they're misunderstood. And either either option, it's just not it's not very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I like it when they're complex, fully fleshed out <laughs> characters where you can kind of see the villain side of things. Like they they're you know they're the protagonists of their own story. See, honestly, I I'm okay with like pure evil forces um i because i think that can be entertaining in certain properties like this but if that's the case i don't want it to be the wizard guy because i want them to fully commit to it i don't want i don't want it to be this guy like i said who fell from the stars and always kind of a he just lost his memory and always kind of a nice guy but oh he's actually sauron oh no that, that wouldn't make any sense to me well and then so. if this or this adar guy i mean he seemed to care about that orc when he like put him out of his misery mm-hmm. he like was crying for him so i don't know we'll see i guess um uh, the orcs are great i just i they nailed that like the, it, yeah like, there's absolutely Visually no complaints and... they're like look great mm-hmm. the acting is great um i i still don't remember if the sunlight thing is a thing from the the books or the show the movies but They've yeah. established it at least. They just established it and they're rolling with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. the The orcs are probably one of the best parts of the show. You got that weird Sauron like follower in the human camp. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> why is this guy like running away from the orcs if he loves Sauron? <laughs> Maybe he's just like a, a spy. I guess. Um. Interesting. Uh. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they got to, like, I just, we it's like we're on a roller coaster right now. We're on the, like, the part that's really slow that you're getting to the top. It's like, okay, can we just, can we just start going? Like, can we, you know, we've been going up and up and up and up for a while. Can we turn some of that potential energy into kinetic energy here? And hopefully that will happen the next episode, you know, conflict between between the orcs and the humans or at least something interesting happening you know galadriel she has this whole navy with her now i'm sure they'll run into some sort of trouble sea monster let's do another filler episode with galadriel (laughs) she could just why does she need a ship she could just swim across the the ocean yeah (laughs) right um uh it's uh and I just the the guy who's supposed to be the king of the Southlands or whatever. I just it's just I mean as we've said it's just Aragorn again, and that's so uninteresting because we've already seen that arc in this world. And he looks exactly like him too. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe they're related. He's he's close. He's a close second for my least favorite character in the show so far because it's just not interesting. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see, again, how Isildur's character arc develops since we know how that kind of ends. Also, they're just going to lose this war, this first part, because the Southlands mm-hmm. just is Mordor. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I, like um, yeah. They're going to rewrite history. Yeah, I I mean, I hope we get at least one major badge battle in this season or something. The money had to go somewhere, you'd hope. Yeah, I mean, it looks great. I have no complaints there. A lot of incredible water effects. Also, stop making these episodes so long. Yeah, holy smokes. An Jesus hour and Christ. ten minutes. 
I like I started I this morning I still hadn't watched it and I start I just saw the runtime I'm like oh my god <laughs> so I have to sit down and watch another hour and 10 of this this morning great I I'm not I don't hate this like I think it's actually like good with a lowercase g <laughs> but not great or amazing or anything that's like, you must watch this like if this was not Lord of the Rings, I probably wouldn't be watching it. See, and that's exactly the thing is it like Lord of the Rings isn't something that hooks me on its own by name, so it's not something that can win me over really, unless it does something a little bit more. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see, Holden. Um, that's where we're at again after another week of just uh, we'll see. I. <laughs> I kind of want to propose we drop it and just do Andor instead. Instead of having to do all three. Man, I think let's give it one more week and then we can re Ugh, reevaluate. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, or, or we could just say we'll review it at the end of the season. Uh, I don't know. We can discuss it. I okay. Guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm tempted, like, if we stop, I'm tempted, unless you tell me it gets better, to not just, just stop watching altogether, because I'm, like, really uninterested <laughs> in this show. <laughs> like, oh, then. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. If we'll we don't have it. a review up for it next week, yeah, the, this is why. Yes. Um, um anything else to say about this episode Alden? i don't think so i also want to mention i didn't mention this last week um we didn't get the theme song in the theater uh they didn't they i don't know if it actually plays before the first two episodes on amazon but we didn't get it in the theater um yeah, we did i we think definitely did the second episode did it yes or the it played during one of them absolutely the opening sequence Okay. It did. Um I just wanted to mention I think the theme is kind of garbage. Wow. <laughs> like, I think I think it is really generic and there is absolutely nothing special about it. And I think it's I'm like it's weird that it's composed by the same guy who did the incredible scores for Lord of the Rings because it just doesn't have any of that to me. So and also the the visuals itself of the opening are very boring <laughs> yeah those are a little lacking for me yeah. as well um, i don't know like it's like Zack snyder it's like superman's gonna <laughs> take off <laughs> yeah like just, a minute and a half like because of the rocks <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think it's all right it's not the best theme, but I think it's a serviceable one. I really like yeah. the... I guess I shouldn't say it's garbage, but I think it's just compared to, like, what he's composed before well, and yeah, a lot of I the mean, other TV shows, uh, themes we've gotten. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I uh, mean, I guess it has at least an original score. House of the Dragon doesn't have an original theme, so... I don't think it necessarily needs one, but... um, uh, I was going to say something. But now I forgot. So shoot. Right. I guess that is. I guess that's the Rings of Power review for this week. Maybe forever. Yes. According to Holden. Perhaps. Perhaps um, we'll see. I'll still watch it. I think I'll at least through the first season. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, let's talk about the movie Pearl. Pearl. All right, Pearl uh, is the new A24 horror film uh, from director Ty West. This is a prequel to X, which came out in March this year. Um, If you haven't been listening to our podcast, you may be asking yourself, well, how is that possible? How do we have a prequel already? Uh, Basically, what seems to have happened is um, they were in New Zealand filming X, um, but then they ended up getting stuck there during COVID and everything, and they kind of had some extra budget and and time and everything, so they ended up um, writing, uh, Ty West and Mia Goth ended up writing this prequel film, pitched it to A24, and they liked it, so it was immediately greenlit to be filmed back-to-back with X. Um, so yeah, and X this. is a movie we both enjoyed a lot. Yes, yes, um, yeah, we both thought it was a very solid horror movie. Um, I, I want to lay. It's not officially labeled as such, but I think it is like a horror comedy, basically, like <laughs> almost. It's a movie that it does have. It. I mean, it is like can be spooky and whatnot, but it, I don't think it takes itself that seriously, especially since it is like a. Um, tribute to old cheesy slasher films and all of that. Are you talking about X or Pearl? X, yes. X is, de- yeah, definitely like a horror comedy. Yes, yes. Um, um, but, yeah, and then Pearl um, is kind of its own thing, kind of going for its own vibe. But it is a prequel following the um, antagonist from X, uh, the old woman Pearl. And this is set in the ni- in 1918 back when she was young and 20 something um so this is non-spoilers hold on. do you think i mean before we really dive into it do you think that you need to have seen x to see this movie okay so i actually rewatched x yesterday um i was kind of wanting to see if you know pearl would recontextualize anything for me Rewatching it and my mom I had gotten it for my mom uh, for her birthday so I was like oh you know good time to watch it we'll just watch it now um, and I don't think you need to like I think it would definitely help and I think there would be a lot of like you know bits you would catch but I think both of them you can kind of watch on your own so you don't so you what you're saying is you don't need to watch Pearl before you see X, and you don't need to watch X before you see Pearl. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think if you are interested in both, you should definitely watch X first. Um, but if you really, if for some reason Pearl suits your fancy and X doesn't, then I think you can just watch Pearl. Yeah, I think, I mean, <clears throat> again, we're in non-spoilers, but I would say I personally, I guess my overall impressions of this movie is like I really don't have anything to complain about with it. Like I think it's mm-hmm. a very well done movie. It's a in a, a kind of an original take on something. It's a really interesting idea, like mashing this like you know golden age Hollywood <laughs> kind of aesthetic. Wizard of Oz, Technicolor. Yeah, you know. it's very much like things just seem like a lot of Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz specific imagery. Mm-hmm. And mashing it together with like kind of this person going insane and realizing they're insane and yeah, going on a murderous rampage. 
from a from an aesthetic standpoint, it is very much you know those old Wizard of Oz, uh, Technicolor type movies um, from like the '30s, '40s kind of era. Um, but it has a lot of other just like horror things sprinkled in. You've got you know some you've got more Texas Chainsaw kind of what you saw in X already. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Carrie. You've got um, I don't know just like a lot of different bits and pieces here that are thrown in um i think that was something that threw me off initially because i what i i guess what i was understanding with this series was that he was trying to be kind of make these tributes to individual eras of film uh and just make horror movies in these different eras you have the 70s one this one from that time earlier and then this new one that's going to be coming out is set in the 80s um so I was expecting this more to adhere just closely to films from like the 30s and 40s, I think. Um, I don't mind that it didn't because it's not like we got a ton of horror movies like this around then anyway. So it'd be kind of hard to just pick from then. Um, but yeah, I think that's just something to know ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, it It doesn't... It, it's not made like a horror movie from that age. It's made like a, like a Wizard of Oz type movie mm-hmm. from that age, but then it plays out as a horror movie. Um, yeah. Is how and I would kind of describe the the style of it. And I think it's really yeah. interesting. And I think it works. Um, I think where it is most consistently from that time is with the score. Um, the score mm-hmm. is very, like, <laughs> feels like something. Like, I mean, we keep saying Wizard of Oz because that's the, uh, the most obvious example. But it feels like something that could be out of there and... I believe Tyler Bates is the composer. He did a great... I think he also did X. Uh, did a very good job here. Which, um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, especially when the movie opens. It's, it yes. is glorious. It is incredible. And and X had a great score, too, in a completely <laughs> different sense. Like, they could not get farther from each other in terms of the music <laughs> style and, and all that. But they both complemented the movie so well. And... I did appreciate the very end of the credits. Uh, they kind of go back into the X. They kind of blend it back into the theme from X, and I thought yes. that was kind of a fun homage to the the you know the the main movie, and this is being the prequel of it. But um, yeah, I thought, like you said, I I think I appreciated this movie more because I had seen X. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think you really need to see. Uh, one or, you didn't need to see X, and again, if you're gonna watch one, I would recommend X as well. Mia mm-hmm. Goth in this movie was fantastic; like she nailed it. Yeah, I mean, she she killed it in both movies, but I think it, it was on another level here, and I think that is the main draw with this. Is I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I they'll it'll never happen but i think she should get an oscar nom for this like it is that good and she, ha- she just has like a range of everything in this movie um just is able to showcase everything she does some dancing um and just fully commits to it yeah um but <laughs> yeah fantastic a, a very impressive monologue performance yes. i would say yeah, it's it's um, yeah. We'll, we won't talk about exactly what she goes over, but it is a ver- there's a very long monologue in it, and it's a lot of most of it is done in one take. Um, and it's just like I can't imagine having to memorize all of that and like <laughs> perform that in front of the camera, and that's it. Just seems like a lot in one go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was very 
theatrical and in uh, literally like on a stage sense of it like mm-hmm. that's kind of what it would be like it just uncut several minutes um and, and she did a really good job with it um i thought the supporting cast was good too nobody stood out as bad or anything i thought sure. it was very interesting that like this is a horror movie-ish sort of thing but a lot of it takes place in the day and it's just like you said the vibrant technicolor looks like you're <laughs> off you know walking through rocking down the yellow brick road and uh you know i yeah i i appreciated the side characters in this i thought they added to it um color wise you could even compare it to something I mean, like modern like la la land which throws back a lot to movies of that era as well where it's just mm-hmm. like every color is popping and it's <laughs> which is it's such a weird uh vibe for a horror movie like this not really anything i've seen before i guess you could maybe compare it to midsummer but even then midsummer i think is the colors are more muted it's not yeah color that's just like a very bright like (laughs) movie like everything seems almost overblown in that but on purpose yeah um let's see i think uh i i think my biggest thing with this movie is that i just it wasn't as moment to moment entertaining to me as x was it wasn't as much of like a popcorn flick it was more like a character analysis with a very like light-hearted approach to it mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it, the horror elements of this are i mean x i mean not spoiling anything i guess too much if you haven't seen it um but x doesn't really become like too horror and like focused until the second half um which but then from that point on it is like basically just a horror movie for the entire time and this one it's more spread out but there's just like less of it so i feel like if you are just like going into it for the horror aspects um you might be a bit more disappointed i i actually saw this really good review that kind of summed it up like if you were more into the comedy and maybe character aspects of x this will be like right down your alley if you're in like with more of the horror this might be a bit of a disappointment and stuff yeah um, I, I guess it's kind of what just yeah what you're expecting from it yes, or what you yeah. want to get out of it and i mm-hmm. think um x is the more entertaining movie for most people but i do think there is a <laughs> pocket out there that would actually prefer pearl yeah, I I want to watch Pearl a second time uh, for sure after rewatching X because I did like X the second time, but I'm not sure I liked it as much as I remembered. So I kind of am wondering if maybe I do like Pearl more or not. Um, both very good though; they're very close for me. Yeah, I enjoyed them both. I definitely enjoyed X more, and I think that's sure, kind of sure. where I'm at. Holden, is there anything else you want to say, non-spoiler wise? Um. I don't think so. Not really. Um, yeah, just like it a lot. All right, great. Holden, did you want to give the movie a rating? Yeah, uh, I think I'll give this. Um, I think I'll give it a seven. I'm set at right. a seven. Um, I think I gave X like a seven and a half. I'm probably still right around seven and a half, seven for that. So. All right, very nice, Holden. Then let's dive right into spoilers. <laughs> Yes. (laughs) 
yeah uh so spoilers for pearl um i briefly i just wanted to kind of mention um re-watching x uh well also i we'll just kind of go full spoilers for x too because you've probably seen x if you're if you've seen pearl or whatever that that's not an assumption i guess but it, it's a pretty good assumption so if you haven't um, seen x go out and see it before you listen yes. to this um there it was surprising to me i it's pearl did not change as much for x as i thought it might because i was thinking maybe since you know they had they decided midway through production of x that oh they can make this pearl movie and they started writing it i was thinking oh maybe you know they'd throw in some stuff and there are some things like you do find out where the car in the lake is yeah i was gonna say is that the same car i'm pretty sure it is um you find out where the car in the lake is from and um there's just some references that the character of pearl and x may make briefly um but a lot of it is pretty separate i think it's more of just fleshing out you know where the character of pearl came from and um then you can kind of mentally fill in the gaps in the like 60 years in between the movies um but yeah it's not a it's not a game changer for like recontextualizing x or anything i would say yeah, um, man, we talk about this. It makes me want to see a, a third movie, a second prequel where it's her relationship with Howard and how that yeah. dynamic works. I mean, with the end of the movie, we are in spoilers. Howard comes in and he sees the dead parents <laughs> in this feast. Um, disgusting. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it, it seems... I mean from watching x it seems like while obviously he's still around um at that point hasn't left her for any reason it kind of seems like he's just like making excuses for her constantly kind of thing like oh she's just you know i mean he says like sometimes she gets confused which i think is already making excuses for her and so I don't I don't think he's like an, even then like entirely on board with her like psychopathic tendencies, but he's just like trying to protect her because he loves her and stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of the impression I get. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll get more. I'd like to see more. All right, Holden. So standout scenes or characters from Pearl for you? What like when you think of the movie, what are the things that you think are you're gonna remember about it? five years i mean i i think the the monologue is is a good one (laughs) um kind of at the climax of the film we get like a nearly 10 minute climax um from or climax a nearly 10 minute monologue um from pearl just kind of talking about how much she resents living at the farm and she kind of resents howard for wanting to stay there and her discussing and admitting all these things she's done throughout her life and um i know you were not as into the monologue i don't know Uh, if i was just kind of tired but i did like space off a couple times and but i was like holy smokes this is still going (laughs) yeah it's it's certainly very impressive from just the feat of that whole uh, scene like it being made and everything but i i think the monologue itself is pretty interesting i like to hear kind of her um 
justify things in her own mind and um she, i mean that's kind of where we get a good showcase of mia goth's varies of uh, range in this movie where she gets to be angry she gets to be sad um and then kind of accepting of who she is as she works through it in her mind and everything so I think there's a lot interesting going on in that monologue, and that's probably the part that stands out most in this movie for me. Yeah, absolutely. That that it's just a great like setup of a scene to begin with. Like, oh yeah, just pretend I'm Howard and yeah, tell me about <laughs> talk to me about anything. And in in the whole time, another another interesting part for someone who's never seen this movie before. Like, you're also just thinking like, what her sister-in-law is like what the look on her face is the whole time like <laughs> like I, the entire time i was just thinking like how is she reacting to this yeah i um, was thinking that too because it there are so many points where she would mention to you know um like killing someone or cheating on howard or something and it would not cut to a reaction from her sister-in-law and i'm like what is like what is she thinking right now i thought she was but, just gonna be maybe even gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I like it. she's I thought, like well i think i'm gonna go now yeah honestly the way she the way she went about it was probably the smartest route and that's probably what i should have expected um but and she still yeah, took was, an axe to the face yes um yeah and i i liked i was expecting her to have actually gotten the part I, I mean i think that's what the movie wants you to think too but then very clearly she didn't get the part but pearl like makes her admit to like forces her to admit to it even though she didn't get it i don't know if she didn't i don't know i think that was up for interpretation because i think maybe she she could have gotten it but like this lady is a psycho or you know at first like oh i don't want to make her feel bad you know because she get or and then it's like oh gosh she's a psycho I definitely don't want her to know I have the part, but then it's like, oh, maybe I you have to admit this just to appease you too. So I don't know. I think it's yeah. maybe up for interpretation. I don't know. I, I could see it either way. I think for me, it was just in the performance that for me, when she like finally did admit it, it seemed like it seemed like she was lying, but she was just doing it to appease her. I mean, I guess maybe you're right. It could I, be I viewed it actually the other way, but again, oh, okay. I could see you could see it either way and ultimately it doesn't change her fate no no (laughs) and i do i i think the the chase immediately after that is pretty great because it's it's another long take uh just pearl like coming out of the house grabbing an axe and chasing her down uh i liked that yeah and the pig just was gross visual yeah motif throughout the movie and just you know kind of reflecting just the decaying of her mental state yeah (laughs) her brain just rotting away as she becomes more psychotic and kind of gave caves to her her urges her violent urges and uh Mm -hmm. i think that scene with her parents is really good too and then setting up the dinner is just horrifying yeah (laughs) the um yeah, the the con- the final confrontation between her and her mother and her mother yelling at her. That that was where I found like Carrie influences because you have this like verbally abusive like religious mother figure um which is kind of one of the big catalysts in that story. Um sure. But um yeah, and I thought that her performance didn't mention that before was also pretty good. Um enjoyed that. 
it seems like um aside from mia goth they since they weren't planning on making this movie before being trapped in new zealand they got just a bunch of like not very well known new zealand actors to play a lot of these roles so that's kind of cool yeah we have not mentioned the projectionist at all which we would Mm -hmm. be we'd be remiss to do but i enjoyed him too you know this bohemian guys like all you know he kind of he's kind of the spark for her to kind of like question you know well can i do just start doing what i want to do like you are and she's like this temptation for him and in a lot of ways that relationship is starting to like turns out to be the thing that kind of pushes her over the edge and how she reacts you know so dramatically to him kind of being freaked out by her yeah <laughs> just like any normal person would be he's like oh they're you know they're nice things are i was i kept waiting for like howard to come home and i thought they kind of that was a great red herring that it's like oh mm-hmm. gosh these noises is that howard no it's just my mom who's like mostly burned to death and has <laughs> boiled water all over her face yeah <laughs> she's just thumping around in the basement right now um yeah no i i think uh you get a couple a few moments in this where like someone is trying to like rationally try to diffuse the situation with pearl and like her just like over the top angry like crazy reactions to everything that's happening i think was just really entertaining and it was that may honestly maybe like the scariest parts because it just felt like constantly she could snap at any moment and like we see that throughout the movie that she she as you said, she just slowly be, be like starts doing things more impulsively, um, and so she's just like constantly feels like this dangerous threat. That's a great um, point, actually, because I, I, you think about like you know the horror tropes. People are stupid in horror movies, but in this movie, like the people handle it as well as they could. They just like yeah. <laughs> very calmly trying to defuse the situation, and and like you said, it's scary because even that didn't help. Like there was nothing <laughs> they could do in that situation to survive they were destined to die as soon as as soon as pearl flipped yeah exactly um yeah i thought i thought that was all great and i mean even like i didn't think it was really gonna happen but you even get that with the the dance scene uh, in between in front of the judges where she just has a mental breakdown yeah. after she doesn't get the part She's and just losing it making yeah, a scene it, and I didn't think she was going to somehow massacre all of those people with, like, no weapon or anything. But it's, it was still, like, tense because, like, I mean, we've already seen her murder other people. I don't. And I also, I really like that dance number um, and the whole, like, fantasy element mm-hmm. in her head and how it's kind of hard to tell how well she's actually doing and how much of it is just her, you know, like... <laughs> uh in her head yeah her imagination she's amazing yeah um obviously a lot of it is with all the you know war backgrounds and the other backup dancers but um an impressive uh impressive choreography there and everything yeah yeah um shoot there was one other scene i was gonna reference oh yeah <laughs> she uh she gets intimate with this scarecrow yeah <laughs> and i was like this is definitely just <laughs> an interesting like very like she definitely looks like dorothy from the wizard mm-hmm. of oz and here she is just grinding on this scarecrow <laughs> moaning very loudly 
in the middle of this cornfield. It was, I didn't, that was one of the things I noticed. It was very, it, it was very similar to uh, Maxine's porn scene in mm-hmm. X, uh, which I didn't realize until rewatching that. But yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> now remind me, is Maxine uh, Mia Goth's character in X? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So yeah, the se- the new one that's going to be coming out is is following her because she's the only survivor of that. Yeah. Um. What else about it? Um. But again, I just want to highlight the score. I thought was incredible. Yeah. Like especially that opening number. I was like, this is beautiful music. Mm-hmm. And oh, the last thing, Holden, is that final credits shot. with that smile is that is going to be when i first think of this that that is going to be the image that pops into my brain yeah that and that and the monologue are like tied for me i think yeah what an unsettling way to end a movie and i mean it kept it was effective too like people stayed in the seats (laughs) um well and yeah i mean it's not like you think anything else is going to happen but just yeah her smile and that performance and oh man and it devolves too like you can see her she's going even crazier as she's she's doing it and yeah and starts cry makes herself cry and you know yeah it's a mixture mixture of crazy pure joy and also like sadness and there's there's just a lot going on in that smile and that face and and it's intense it is yeah <laughs> yeah uh very definitely lasts definitely gives off a lasting impression mm-hmm. um i think that i've exhausted everything i wanted to say about this uh this movie holden were there any final thoughts that you wanted to pass along um not really um I did. I really liked the sister-in-law character for the couple Mitzi. of scenes she was in. Yeah, Mitzi. Yeah, um, she was great. It was. It was just kind of like refreshing because you. I mean, in all a lot of these movies, you always have like a sister-in-law who's like kind of a jerk or something, or is like at some point like somehow in the middle of the conflict or whatever. But she is like pearl's one supporter throughout the movie um but she's also like embodies everything pearl wants to be but can't be and that is the ultimate source of her hatred for her Mm -hmm. just like i want to be you and i there's nothing in my control to be you like i'm not the young beautiful blonde you are and that's the only thing keeping me in at least in her own head you know whether or not she's actually that good of a dancer but that's the one thing in her head keeping her from achieving her goals and it looks like she, it, this might have been her film debut too that actress yeah. i thought she was very good she so. was great yeah um yeah i think that's pretty much oh i the other thing i wanted to mention was um i felt the the father i that just he he seemed like the grandpa from texas chainsaw <laughs> I was thinking that too <laughs> Um, which is funny, but, um, yeah, I think that's all I've got. Yeah. Sweet. All right, Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? 
All right, Jimmy. Um, so in terms of movies, haven't seen a ton this week. Um, I what the most I did was I went and saw Clerks three in theaters, um, which has been getting kind of a limited release, various fandom events, um, at least at Cinemark. Um, but yeah, I really quite liked it actually. Um, I think out of his Kevin Smith's movies I've seen, it's probably one of the better ones. Um, I think it's, it is meta, but it's not like annoying meta, not like something like matrix resurrections or something that is, it's like, it, it is like the central part of the movie, but I feel like there was a lot of like passion behind the story and everything. And it worked and the, and the jokes were, were pretty good about it. Um, and it made me cry. I told you that, um, which is something that I wasn't expecting to say. I did cry <laughs> towards the end of Clerks 3. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a, a very good time. If you like any of those movies, his view askew universe, I think it is one of the better ones. Um, and after rewatching Clerks 2, um, I think it's definitely better than that one. Um, but, yeah, um, very fun time with that um i think that was it for movies but then tv um i started actively watching succession again so i'm on the third episode of that and i'm going to keep going with that um rewatch the first episode and then watch the second quite liking it um succession's it 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 is definitely just like game of thrones in the corporate world yeah (laughs) It is. Well, it uh, seems it, like especially House of the Dragon. It seems yeah. like a lot like House of the Dragon. It is. Um, except the dad is just a total jerk. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I, Succession does a great thing where it's like everything like constantly builds over the course of the season. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's and the, the it's got a the amazing character dynamic of Tom and Greg. Which, especially at the very <laughs> beginning, I'm like, who the heck is this guy, Tom? I'm like, what is he? Who is well, this I, guy? So I know that they become, like, their relationship is it becomes a central part that people really like. Um, but, I like, they're, the way they start is so funny because, like... <laughs> Tom is already kind of this like pathetic character and you can kind of tell that he's just like he's like bottom of the totem pole in regards to family relations but he's like so wants like, to be like the, the like oh, okay Greg here's what you need to know like he's like the yeah mentor. well imme- immediately as soon as there's a character who's like lower than him he's he's just like he's trying to take charge of him and like the first couple of episodes there's a lot of like just making fun of Greg that Tom pulls <laughs> that it's it's just kind of this comedic interesting dynamic i really like it so far yeah i really like their connection um i really like roman too and his Mm -hmm. just antics and shiv i think is really great i i don't like kendall i just get frustrated by kendall i just think i he's i mean like he's clearly one of the main characters but Mm -hmm. um I don't know. I like he's a good character. I just get frustrated by him. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I have gathered. Everyone seems to like all of the other characters a lot more. No one seems to like everyone loves Roman. Everyone loves Shiv, but no one really fawns over Kendall or anything. Yeah. And he does get a lot of, you know, screen time and stuff in his relationships. And, and it's well written. I just like I mm-hmm. don't 
care as much about that. Like it, that's not what sure. I think of it. But um, it's a really good show. I I don't know if I'll rewatch it before the next season, but I will definitely watch the next season and watch the recap. But uh, yeah. I would definitely say that <laughs> the Tom Greg dynamic is my favorite <laughs> element of the show. All right. Um. Yeah. So I, I like that. Um. Harley Quinn just finished this week. Um. It it is it is very weird what they're doing with like previously established like batman canon they are throwing everything at the wall with this show and it is just like completely especially with this third season they just like a lot of the plot lines they introduce are so far removed from anything i've seen like anything in the dc especially with like batman do before they are just being very creative with this stuff and i think it works especially with the way the characters they've set up in their own show but like <laughs> there's one specific thing that is i i won't ever i won't say because it's a spoiler but one specific thing in the second half of season three that is just such a bizarre way to take a character but i kind of really like it um but yeah i think harley quinn is still great i would still recommend it for uh fans of you know DC properties. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, um, almost caught up on Reservation Dogs. Oh my! You can probably hear my dog barking because mm-hmm. I did not shut the door because my dog was in here. But anyway, hopefully it won't be too loud. <laughs> um, I maybe I'll just go shut the door. Um, you you can talk. I'll get back to my video game stuff in a little bit, Jimmy. Talk about what you watched. Oh, yeah, great. I mean, Holden <laughs> doesn't really listen anyway, so I can just <laughs> just get it out of the way here. Uh, only really been watching Game of Thrones into season two. The next episode is Blackwater. Um, of course, the, a big battle. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of the show. So looking forward to rewatching that. Talking about Game of Thrones. Yep, just saying how episode nine of season two blackwater you know the penultimate episode of the season is usually where the climax of the season in game of thrones so that's the next one so i'm excited to watch that and then uh also been a little bit more nathan for you i'm on the final season um which there's there are only four i'll probably watch the rehearsal after that which i've heard is just wild yeah let's i'm I'm excited to get to that eventually um but otherwise thinking 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 i oh i did watch uh, i just didn't i friday night i had um no sorry thursday wednesday night (laughs) i uh sometime yeah i was looking i was just like i just want to watch something what's on and i was on hbo max and i saw there was a documentary about ethel kennedy who is the wife of bobby kennedy who is like probably my hero if i had to pick like someone who is like not a someone i know personally sure um from history uh so watch that that was very interesting uh to learn about kind of the kennedy family from her standpoint it was made by so they had 11 children um wow yeah that he was assassinated so it's like how many would they had you know if he was alive um and it was made by the 11th kid um 10 years ago in 2012 so ethel kennedy was still alive and uh, just really interesting to learn about her and how she changed over the course of her life. And gosh, like her parents died in a plane crash and two Jeez. of their kids died tragically. I'm like, they're not even like the core Kennedy family with all the curse. <laughs> like they just can't buy a break. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in the Kennedy family, it's on HBO. 
it's an hour and a half. I, I thought it was really interesting um, to learn about her through her interview and like interviewing all the other kids that they had and talking about mm-hmm. what life was like. Half, you know, a lot of it is dedicated to kind of her perspective of things and how she, you know, what she, what her perspective of, of the Cuban Missile Crisis, of JFK's assassination, of Martin Luther King getting assassinated, of Bobby Kennedy getting assassinated. But then there's also a chunk towards the end where it's like, okay, after, you know, afterwards and how they met and all that. So I, just really interesting um, nice. if you are interested at all in that history. So I, I, I liked it. Uh, that's what yeah. I did this week, Colden. So you can resume. All right. Uh, all I really had left was uh, I'm almost done with God of War. I thought I was maybe going to finish it this weekend, but I, I I ended up not playing it when I came back here because instead, while I was here, I w- was started playing a Half-Life 2 mod uh, that was new and came out and has been getting a lot of buzz. It's called Entropy Act Zero 2 because um, it's sequel to Entropy Act Zero, um, which was a previous Half-Life mod I had played. It was pretty good, but this one is, like, on another level. This is, like, maybe the best mod of any game I have ever played. <laughs> it's, like, they... Um, essentially, you're playing as, like, the enemy faction in the Half-Life universe um, from their perspective um, towards the end of the released games of Half-Life. Um, and it is very well made they it has a really pretty interesting story to it um some new weapons fully modded in some new enemies and everything pretty good fan service for longtime fans and everything and it's all free like i can't it is like the highest quality free mod i think i have ever seen so kudos to the team behind that um if you like half-life 2 um this is a great mod to play wow that's cool. Um, yeah, uh, and it's relatively short. I'm going to try to I'm I still need to drive back to Sioux Falls tonight, but I'm I think I'm like just at the ending. So I'm going to try to finish it before I leave. Um, nice. But yeah, I'd recommend it. Um yeah, I think that is it though, Jimmy. All right, sweet. Um, next week Holden. In next week uh is uh, don't worry darling which i think i think we should do if nothing else because i kind of want to just talk about everything that's going on yeah with it. <laughs> i agree we gotta do it um and then uh we'll for sure do house of the dragon episode five and Andor, which first two episodes three, are coming i think out. three i think so i can look it up here as you're talking okay Anyway, uh, so we'll for sure do those two. Maybe the Lord of the Rings. Um, Jimmy and I will talk. Um, but regardless, it's going to be a lot of content. So Yeah, three episodes. Episode. Three episodes? Yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a lot to watch. I guess at least they release on Wednesday. So I've got a few days to watch I, them. Oh, you know, they are Wednesday. That's right. I forgot Disney was like, Wednesday's the new big day. Yeah. Even though, like, She-Hulk is on Thursday, and I don't know, they're, they're never consistent <laughs> with their release dates, but, um, yeah. Um, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by giving us a five-star review on iTunes, or by emailing us at tauntpodcast at gmail.com, or by donating to our Patreon. Uh, I think that's it, Jimmy. Sweet. See you next week, folks. Adios. Pantalones. Love you. Do 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 do
That one movie podcast. Stomp. <laughs>